Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton, joined by my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, talk to me about Thanksgiving. Was it a good one for you? Yeah, it was great, man. I was up at my parents' house. Uh, I see them relatively frequently because they want to come see my kids. (laughs) But uh, my brother and his wife were there, and I don't see them as often, so that was really nice. And obviously the food was great. And then always the tradition of putting on the Christmas music on the ride home uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So, yeah, it's been it's been good, man. How about you? Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, a little little more low key than usual, and it's it's typically low key. Um, my my in laws usually come up from Texas and spend about a week with us, but they they went out east to North Carolina to visit my wife's sister and her family just because they're not gonna be able to make it back for Christmas. So it was just, just us and the kids, which was very relaxing, had a good time, you know, watched some football, played some games, had an awesome meal of, of course. So yeah, couldn't, uh, couldn't ask for a, a nicer Thanksgiving and already looking forward to Christmas. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, folks, we are going to talk about players that we feel are either on the rise or or good buy low candidates and then also get into the opposite of that of course those that we feel are going to probably drop in value or guys where yeah it's it's a good time to good time to sell if you if you've already got them on your roster because we think that they uh they might not be increasing in value in the future or at least these are guys that I took note of of course Matt if you disagree Feel free to chime in and tell me I'm wrong because Lord knows I'm wrong often enough. And I actually put a, a player's name on there that I wanted to talk about because I definitely should have listened to you many months ago. And now I am paying for it. But of course, everyone, college football, at least all of the regular season games are over. So it is draft season. You need to get ahead of your league mates with in-depth and consistently updated rookie rankings, supporting Dynasty and Debbie rankings, the 2024 Rookie Guide, and access to the RBB Discord, where you can get personalized trade, draft, and roster construction advice. The Rookie Big Board is a proven resource that was way ahead of everyone else on Justin Jefferson. We also identified Puka Nakua as the best sleeper prospect of 2023 and helped patrons get great fantasy football value on Justin Herbert, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Olave, Sam Laporta, and many, many more. You can get access to Rookie Big Board resources for as low as $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. This is cheaper than the four movie tickets I bought for the family for this Saturday to see The Hunger Games. So very excited for that movie. I'm actually just excited to go to a movie because I love the the movie theater experience. So. Mm Looking forward to that. My daughter's going to drive down from University of Minnesota and attend that with us. So should be a good time. I wanted to just make note of some of the action that's already heating up on the transfer portal because the names are going to be too too many to follow. But just so people are aware, a um, lot of quarterbacks. This is crazy. Uh, Cam Ward is already getting NIL offers. so. Looks like he might be leaving. Tyler Van Dyke has officially put his name in there as long as well as Sam Levitt from Michigan State. Uh, those guys, do we care about them at all? Not really. 
to be okay. honest. Not from a Devi standpoint. I mean, if you're playing campus to Ken, then maybe, but I don't, yeah. I don't care. I, right. I, I didn't think so, but I wanted to put him on there. Uh, a guy that we should care about, I think, Riley Leonard, uh, leaving Duke. Not, not a surprise at all. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to transfer up. Uh, KJ Jefferson, meh. Grayson McCall, who knows? So that, that's it for the quarterbacks, at least as of right now. Of course, that can change it before before we're done recording. So we'll see. We're, we record typically on Wednesday nights, everyone, just so you're aware. Uh, but a big name running back, potentially Relic Brown, puts his name out there. This could be interesting, depending on where he falls. He has not done really anything thus far, but he could be a guy whose value might increase between now and and this time next year, depending on where he lands and the opportunity gets. Yeah, uh, like you said, he's done nothing. So I guess we'll see if he's a big name or if he's just a once-hyped nobody. Um, and then the last one you have on here, you've been burying the lead. This is the biggest name on here by far. <laughs> uh, Evan Stewart, man. That guy... I mean, wherever he lands, they're getting a gem, and uh, he's – I still love him. His stock, I guess, is down. It hasn't changed for me. Like, he's the same talent he's always been. He's just – ever since Wegman got hurt, they've had atrocious quarterback play, and, and his production has, has dipped as a result, but he's got plenty of time to bounce back and land on his feet and show everybody what a great talent he is. So, curious to see where he ends up. Yeah, if, if people feel like the stock is down on him, that tells me go float out some offers. You, you never know, especially if he's going to transfer up. If he's going to go to a place that will feature him even more, then then that means the, the buying window is open until he names where he's going, and then it could potentially slam shut very quickly. So Evan mm-hmm. Stewart is a guy that, you know, is probably, is probably owned in every, every Debbie league out there. So go see, maybe, maybe you can acquire him. I, I think that's a, a great idea kind of latching on. If everyone listened to the the dynasty big board, they were talking about trades and it became very clear with some of the trades that they were reviewing on Garrett Wilson. He is a, a guy that you should be going to see if you can acquire and, Man, it's it's crazy to me that that people are down on him because of of what happened this season with the Jets. I mean, he's actually put up fairly reasonable numbers despite a horrible situation after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Man, and not even just the quarterback situation. I mean, can we just talk about Nathaniel Hackett for a second? Like, (laughs) I mean, worst offense in the league last year with Denver. And then he comes in with the jets and it's like, it doesn't matter who they put in at quarterback. He just cannot field a competent NFL offense. So yeah, it's, it's some bad stuff that Garrett Wilson's dealing with right now, but he is super, super talented. And I would love to get more shares of Garrett Wilson for sure. Recency bias is such a thing in dynasty. Like you think that we're playing for the long game, but people have a couple bad weeks and it's like, the right? values are just so volatile on some of these guys, <laughs> especially in leagues where people don't really know what they're doing. I, I think there's definitely still an edge to be had. If you, if you can just stay calm and not freak out with every like big game or bad game, it's such a thing in Dynasty. The, the, the volatile rankings, it just blows me away. Right. It's almost as if people 
people can't get out of the 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 redraft league mindset. It's like, guys, this is long term. You you hundred. I mean, and, I, and I'm saying ten years long term, but come on, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta look at it like, all right, is this is this guy gonna be gonna be better or worse for the next couple of years? And and make your decision that way. And and Garrett Wilson is is a fabulous buy right now. So anyway, I'm I'm agreeing with with Anthony and, and Eric on that one, go, go grab him. If, if he is, if he is available on the cheap um, guys that we feel are on the rise or are good by low candidates as well. I, I put the name at Tet McMillan with, with Zona and he's looking great. I mean, it's possible that, that he's already maybe too expensive. For some people out there, I just feel like his value is going to go up next year because he's not eligible 2024 so we've got a whole nother year to wait and and i think this time next year we're talking about him being a a tier one wide receiver in the 2025 rookie draft people might not be willing to to wait that long or they're you know again like you say they're you know they're 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 playing short term go see if you can grab him i just i i watched a lot more of him recently and and just thought wow this guy's this guy's exciting mm-hmm. he's really good and and i i love him so i he's moving up my rankings for sure yeah i'm with you on that i have seen i think it really depends on your league like most devi players are not like asleep at the wheel i mean devi is kind of a format that tends to be for sickos <laughs> you know um <laughs> And so, like, even if you're just scanning the box scores, like, Ted McMillan is dominating every single week. And so I, I don't feel like he's someone that you're going to get for cheap by any means. And, I, and I've even seen some Debbie analysts lately saying that he is their wide receiver one in the 2025 class, which, I mean, with what Luther Burden did this year and then how talented Evan Stewart is, like, I don't know. That's tough. But I think he's right up there with those guys. Like, he, he belongs in the conversation – and he's listed at six foot five, two ten. So people are gonna love that. I mean, everybody loves their big bodied, tall wide receiver. So, um, and it, it, I think maybe one of the reasons that he flies a little under the radar is just the Pac twelve thing. It's like the fact that they're playing at like ten thirty Eastern, and a lot of people just aren't watching them. And Arizona itself is not a nationally ranked team; hasn't been all season, and so their games are not are not really watchable for a lot of people on the east coast so i think right or wrong that can give you a discount on some of these guys when people just aren't watching them play yeah absolutely and and i'm i'm willing to to go out and acquire a guy even if if his value is already high as long as i feel like it's going to get even higher Mm -hmm. in, in the future and i've got another guy that we'll talk about at the end of this segment that 100% 100% fits that description, but it, it's worth bringing up, but we'll, we'll stick with the, the college wide receivers. Uh, a, another one that I identified, and I'm going to give a, a shout out here to, to Brandon Lejeune and, and Jason DiRienzo on the Debbie to dynasty podcast, Kevin Concepcion, North Carolina state. Uh, I know I I'm pretty sure you've brought him up before, but mm-hmm. these guys were talking about him recently and it just got me thinking, all right, I need to spend a little time really, really watching you know, some film on him. He's exciting, like really exciting. Mm-hmm. I, 
and and Kevin Concepcion is not a player that is probably on a lot of Devi rosters because I'd be he surprised a, if he was on any. Right, because he was a you know a deep leagues, sure, but but it you know in, in a lot of leagues he he was a he's a true freshman, so he's not eligible till twenty twenty six, and I I can tell you right now in in Debbie drafts coming up he will be a priority for me. I will be grabbing multiple shares of him in 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 a lot of leagues, and if it's one of those situations where it's the first round of a Debbie draft. A lot of times what you see are the top incoming freshmen. I will prioritize him over those guys because now I've seen him in college. I like what I see. And I'm going to take that over a, a highly rated prospect coming in that I haven't seen play. I There's just too many examples of these, of these guys that come in and I don't care if they're five stars, they don't do much. A lot of them don't do much their freshman year. And I'd rather have a guy that's already doing it. So I I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to pri- I'm going to prioritize that this season and, and see how I feel after this year. And, and the, one of the reasons I'm going to do that is because I didn't make enough of a priority for that when it comes to a guy like Malik neighbors. Yes. I drafted him in, in a spot, but I could have had him in a couple other leagues and, and went another direction. And man, mm-hmm. am I kicking myself for it now, even though he was clearly the top guy available uh, of those that are, are available in the 2024 class. And it was just, yeah, I, I went for the the flashy new guy coming up instead of the guy that had right. already shown this. He's really good. And so lesson mm-hmm. learned there. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write down some of these lessons learned. And again, we're going to, we're going to get to another one. I keep teasing it at the end. Cause I'm going to let yeah. you, let you take me to the shed a little bit on this one. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but I will say with Kevin Concepcion, like by all means give Brandon and Jason their flowers. Cause I don't see a lot of other people talking about this guy, but I have been on him because I'm an NC state grad. I'm an NC state fan and I watch a lot of the games. And so uh, before he was on anybody's Debbie radar, I was just like, man, this kid can ball uh, for it. I mean, he's been the most productive true freshman in the nation and to your point about being rostered, he was a three-star prospect. So I don't care how deep your Devi league is. I don't think I've ever seen a three-star incoming freshman get taken in a Devi draft that I can remember. Um, I mean, everybody's chasing the four-star and the five-star name. So um, I would be surprised if you're in a Devi league um, and you have Kevin Concepcion or somebody in your league has Kevin Concepcion rostered, like send us a screenshot on Twitter. I'd love to see it. I, I bet you he's not drafted in – like a single one. And so campus to Canton doesn't count, but in a Debbie league, like I think he's going to be in your draft. And I, I agree with you. I think he's, he's a priority target. So um, he's not getting enough credit. I think because he plays for NC state and nobody watches NC state and people just, I mean, understandable. Like there's not been Debbie names on the roster to pay attention to. Um, and and he's a three-star prospect, so nobody was expecting it from him. So I think he's just flying way, way under the radar right now, and I love that you gave him a shout, a shout out. Yeah, to your point, my deepest Devi league is 200 strong. So we once wow. we hit 200 total Devi players on rosters, then we, we're cut off and we can only do rookies in the draft, and he is not on a roster. So there you go. I mean, that's yeah. – and that's a deep – that's a deep league. So <laughs> yeah, that's real deep. 
Um, next guy in the last college wide receiver, Brian Thomas Jr., LSU. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he completely gets overshadowed by Malik neighbors. And, and I'm 100% guilty of this. I, I have focused on Malik a ton for, for obvious reasons. I mean, he's my wide receiver too in the 2024 draft, but, but, but Brian Thomas Jr. You, you, as you watch more of, of LSU and there's a lot of reasons to watch LSU, you realize this kid can play. He's really mm-hmm. good. And I think it might be one of those situations where, you know, no one's really talking about him, but everyone out there in case you, you haven't even box score scouted 60 receptions over a thousand yards, 18 yard average, 15 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a good season. And and For you sure. just, you watch him with that offense Man, he he's making plays all over the field. So it it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, and he's six foot four, two hundred and five pounds, and he's fast. There's there's gonna be a lot to like. And I'm excited to get in and study his tape. Um, because he's not been somebody that I've paid a ton of attention to either, but he definitely deserves some respect, like you're saying, and a little bit of a late breakout. I mean, he had 359 yards, two touchdowns as a true freshman but he didn't really come in and build on that as a sophomore. He still had another, it was another 361 yards. So uh, he was kind of more of a depth piece for LSU. I think before coming into this season where he became a full-time starter and, and he's been really, really good for them. So he's draft eligible this year. It'll be really interesting to see if he declares or if he stays next year and is like the top guy in that offense. Cause I think if he does that, he could potentially raise his stock even further, um, similar to the way that Neighbors has this year. Neighbors last year was about a thousand yards. This year, almost sixteen hundred yards, and so he's kind of soared in his stock and, and solidified himself as the wide receiver two in the class. And so I think we could see a similar rise if Brian Thomas came back next year and had that type of monster year like Malik Neighbors is having right now. So it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out, but he's definitely somebody that I'm I'm very interested in. Yeah, 100%. A cu- couple of running backs, both true freshmen. One, we're already starting to see it at Texas. You know, C.J. Baxter getting getting the lion's share of the touches and doing well with with those touches. I think the the value there, while it's already it was already pretty high coming in because he was a top rated running back in the class. And as usual, the top-rating running back usually looks good mm-hmm. when he finally gets an opportunity. But their value can go up; it can continue to increase. It doesn't always, but I think more often than not, I want to invest in that player if I can because the opportunity is going to continue to present itself. So I like C.J. Baxter as a, as a riser in Texas. Yeah, he's been great since Brooks got hurt, which, you know, hopefully all the best for Brooks for quick recovery. It's going to be really interesting to see how that Texas backfield shakes out going into next season because, I mean, you have Baxter obviously coming back. Um, and But Brooks probably is not going to the draft at this point with an ACL tear. I, I would assume that he's coming back to college. And Jaden Blue has come on strong, and then they've got a strong recruiting class coming in too. So um, I, I think somebody's going to transfer, right? <laughs> I mean, they've got to almost. So it'll be really interesting to see how all that plays out. But Baxter has a strong argument 
for being like probably a top three Debbie running back when this 2024 class clears out. I mean, talking Baxter, Judkins, um, depending on where you're at with um, with some other guys in the class, like an ETN. There's not a lot of names that you're really excited about, and the one that a lot of people have been excited about, Nick Singleton, he would be borderline outside my top five at this point. So um, Baxter is up there for sure amongst the top Debbie running backs when this class clears out. Yeah. And another guy, uh, a true freshman at Alabama, Justice Haynes. And of course at Alabama, you have to fight for, for touches. They do like to give the majority of those touches to upperclassmen. So Mm -hmm. not a surprise that he's only rushed the ball 21 times this season, but 137 yards and a couple scores. So he's done well with those limited opportunities. I think Justice Haynes has an opportunity next year if he can see more action to really showcase his talent. And again, a guy that I expect to be a a, a riser next season. Yeah. I mean, some people even had him above Baxter in their rankings for this class. Um, And he certainly showed out in spring ball. Um, I mean, it's, I think some people are maybe almost disappointed with what Haynes has done or, or rather what he hasn't done this season because the hype was there so much in the spring and he had a bunch of touchdowns in the spring game and he was looking really good, but you're right. Like this has been the pattern for Alabama. They make guys wait their turn. They bring in strong recruits every single year and they tell them, sit your butt on the bench and watch and you'll get your turn. If you, if you're patient enough. And um, so like we find, you know, it took a long time for Brian Robinson to get on the field, but finally he did. And he was the bell cow for one year and then he went to the pros. Now he's, He's a starting running back in the NFL. Um, and, and Jace McClellan, you know, he waited his turn for a long, long time. Finally, this year, he was the guy. So uh, I think it's it's only a matter of time before Justice Haynes gets on the field. And I think as soon as he gets that opportunity, he's going he's gonna to be a fast riser because I think he's more talented than any of the guys that I just mentioned. Um, he's, he's definitely more explosive and talented than Brian Robinson. Um, I'm not particularly enthralled with Jace McClellan either. Um, so, but, but there's a history of Alabama producing NFL running backs. And I think he's going to be the best one that they've had in a long time. Yeah. I, I like him as well. And then the, the other guy, it's, it's definitely not a buy low guy, but it is a guy that I think is still worth trying to get if you can. And I, I spent, you know, part of this season talking up Puka Nakua as a guy that go out and get him, his value is going to keep going up. What I should have been doing is saying, you know what, Matt, you were right. Tank <laughs> Dell is another, another later round as far as rookie draft, you know, guys, wide receivers. And all of a sudden he's balling and he's tied to, you know, a great rookie quarterback in Stroud. I, I think this guy Honestly, he he has not peaked. He will continue to increase in value. If if you can get him, you know, it it's I think it's worth it. You're 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 you might have to offer more in the first round pick. Because I tried and failed. And at least I felt like I tried. I made a good offer. But yeah, he's I think he's a piece that, you know, if you like to build super flex leagues around quarterbacks and wide re, you know, young wide receivers, Tank Dell is absolutely a guy 
that you can you can be happy with moving forward? Yeah, so I mean, it, it obviously it depends on your league and your league mate, right? And how they view him. Do they think that he's kind of a flash in the pan? He's only getting the production because the Texans don't really have anybody else. Uh, he's too small. Uh, he was a third round pick. Like, I, I wonder if there are still some people out there who are undervaluing him um, because of, I guess, preseason expectations and how he's blowing those away. Um, but unfortunately, in most of your leagues, that's probably not the guy who drafted him. <laughs> the guy who drafted right. him is the guy that thought he was going to be good and now he is good. And so you're going to have to pay up for him because uh, he's young and he's dominating and, and he's. I mean, he's playing like a league winner right now in your fantasy leagues. But I'm excited about this one because I have a lot of shares and uh, and I got them cheap. So, you know, it was like I owned it that I was not in on, on Puka Nakua. Um, and so you read in the, in the ad for, for signing up for the RBB that Matt Hicks was all over Puka Nakua. Um, so tip my hat to Matt Hicks on that one. He and I, um, I, I said – I don't really see it with Puka. I don't know what there is to get excited about. Uh, but flip flop, he was not. He didn't really see what there was to get excited about about Tank Dell, and I was all over Tank Dell. So in that same range where Hicks was scooping up all of his Puka shares, I was scooping up all my Tank Dell shares. And at this point, I'm honestly not sure which one I'd rather have. I mean, they're both just young studs that are gobbling up targets and producing. Uh, and and so, yeah, I. He was an outlier. Like we, we knew with his size, he was going to have to be an outlier. But I just saw enough there on his tape. And I saw the clear path to opportunity in year one as a rookie, the day two draft capital, CJ Stroud going to bat for him. There was just enough there for me that I was like, all right, this guy's a priority late round target for me in dynasty rookie drafts. And that has definitely paid dividends. And, and so I love the shout out there. And I, I do think, this is not a flash in the pan. I think he is going to continue to produce because he's a really freaking good player. Like, yeah, he's small, but he's really, really good. He's just an incredible route runner. He's electric with the ball in his hands after the catch. Uh, he's just, he's very versatile. He can be used all over the formation despite his size. And there's just, there's a lot to love about Tank Dell. This is not just a, a nobody scrub that is benefiting from uh, a target vacuum. Like that's not what this is. So I, I love that shout out. Yeah, for sure. And, and this gets to my, another one of my lessons learned is not to dismiss a player on size. If all the other traits are traits that you, you usually like about a player and the, the hype started on him at the senior bowl because he dominated. I mean, the word was, he was literally uncoverable. They could they couldn't stop him, and he was open mm -hmm. all the time. That should have been the first thing. Like, okay, the NFL seems to be caring less and less about size. If if all these other attributes make a player really really good, you know, we saw it with Devin HN at at Miami. Right? He's not he's not big, but man, when he was healthy. He, he was unstoppable for a while and, and they didn't care. And we're seeing it with, with Houston here with tank Dell. And I think that's, I think that's going to continue to be the case. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that all small guys are going to succeed, 
it just means if they've got all these other traits where they're just constantly, you know, as a wide receiver, constantly getting open and mm-hmm. making plays and they're dynamic with the ball after they make the catch, you, you gotta, you gotta start, you know, just ignoring the size in my opinion and, and value them like the NFL is going to value them because that's, that's the trend that the NFL is going with. Yeah. So like if you eliminate like the size and, and draft capital and all the other factors and you're just going off pure tape grade in the class, he was a top five wide receiver for me. I mean, you got Jason Addison flowers downs and then nipping right on their heels was tank Dell for me. Um, and that's why I was willing to say, okay, would I gamble on him in the first round because I'm that confident in the tape? No, probably not. He's a third round pick. He's, you know, he's such a size outlier. Like there's all these factors. But if you're talking about a third round pick, yeah, I I loved what I saw on tape enough. I'm gonna go grab this guy. And and that's what I did. And and it's it's been a really good thing for me. So um that's the nice thing is is I think our job as analysts is to identify outliers. Yes, he's an outlier, but that's why he was a third round pick. And so you can get him for really cheap if if you're paying enough attention. And I think that's our job is to not just say, oh, well, he's this size, so he's off my board. It's like, no, we've got to figure out which guys are going to be the exception to the rule. And and that's what we did, I think, with Dell and with Puka. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. We will discuss fallers and sell high guys in just a minute but first i want to make sure you know that the rookie big board is now partnered with underdog fantasy football this is the best app for fantasy contests they are running 2023 nfl playoff contests as well as daily contests for nba nhl and more you can join the rbb crew on underdog by using the promo code rbb it will get you 100 match on your first deposit and help us grow all right, the players that I put on here really quick. One guy that I'm I'm thinking might be a a sell high guy because it's not like I don't like him, but I am a little concerned about the the lack of of production. And that's a Mecca Buka at Ohio State. It should I be ignoring that, or is there something concerning with with how little he's producing on the field? No, it's a great question, and it's actually one that I'm going to go ahead and say I don't have the answer to yet. Um, I really want to dive into the all 22. I feel like when you, when you look at the all 22 for a wide receiver, you can see so much in terms of their route running and what's really going on. And uh, so he has missed some games hurt this year, but when he's been on the field, he hasn't been super productive either. There's obviously been a significant drop off in quarterback play. So there's less overall passing goodness to go around. Marvin Harrison Jr.'s production has not dipped at all from last year. He's doing everything that he was doing last year and maybe even a little bit more. And Cade Stover's gotten more involved too. So it's it's kind of like there's just not that much pie to go around this year with McCord at quarterback instead of Stroud. And clearly Abuka has been um, the – the recipient of that, I guess, is just that it's a smaller pie and MHJ still getting his. And then now Stover is is more involved because McCord's more comfortable throwing it over in the middle. And so anyway, I, I don't think we can just ignore the fact that he did have over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns last year as a true sophomore. Um, and I do think the NFL is going to like this guy because he's got the Ohio State pedigree and Brian Hartline, like you can't ignore just his history of developing NFL caliber wide receivers. Um, But you don't want to helmet scout either and just say, oh, well, he's an Ohio State guy, so he's going to be good. 
So I've even heard rumblings he may come back next year and be the guy with with Marvin Harrison gone because he had such a dip in production that it's going to hurt his stock, and so he's going to go back to school. But I, I'm just really curious um, if he does come out, what what kind of draft capital is he going to get? Um, is the NFL going to be worried about the dip in production this year? But to really answer your question about whether he's a sell high or whether he's a hold, I'm going to have to dig into the tape, and I just haven't done that yet. So that's uh, for now. I'm considering him as part of the 2024 class, and so I'm going to study his tape like I will all the other rookies, and I'm I'm going to be really interested to see how I feel about him coming out of that. All right, uh, next guy, and, and I'm setting myself up to to be wrong, but. Trey Benson from Florida State. I've never really been high on on Benson, and he he's he's producing. He's putting up good stats. Is is this a time to to get out on him and and take take your your value, or do you think he's he's a Devi asset and he should be held on to because he's going to be good in in the pros? I am with you on the sell high for this one, and I actually so um, Travis May on Twitter is one of the top Debbie guys in the space, I think um, from an analytics standpoint. And uh, he compiled over a hundred different 2024 NFL mock drafts into kind of a composite ADP. Um, and the consensus RB two on over a hundred NFL mock drafts was Trey Benson, which kind of shocked me, right? Like, I mean, people seem to love Braylon Allen you got Travion Henderson in there. There's other guys, Corum, uh, Devin Neal. There's all these guys. And the consensus RB2 was Trey Benson. That that really surprised me. So that tells me that there's plenty of people out there that are way higher on him than I am because he would not be anywhere near my RB2 in the class. And um, I think my main issue with him is his vision. He just doesn't have – he just doesn't see the hole. Um, and so – yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not super high on Trey Benson. I do think he's going to declare. Um, and I have a feeling that when I really dig into his all 22, that he's going to be a guy that I'm low on. So, yeah, now might be the time to sell. Uh, if he's if he's the consensus RB2, now is definitely the time to sell because I don't think at the end of the draft process that's going to be the case. Yeah, and, and speaking of declaring – course we already have one running back next year braylon allen wisconsin we're not going to talk about him now but just wanted to make sure that everyone out there was aware that braylon allen allen has officially declared for the nfl draft so we've got our our first guy other than those that have already committed to the senior bowl but we we will definitely talk about braylon allen in a future episode matt hicks donovan edwards (laughs) donovan edwards is the last guy on this list and he is one of those guys where if if you're talking about a a guy who who has fallen off the cliff, that would be Donovan Edwards. But is he a buy low candidate for you? I think he is. I, I put he, him on here because he is a guy who people perceive to have fallen off the cliff, and his value is gone, and there is no value. But I, I think he's going to stay in school. I think he's going to be the guy next year with Corum gone. I think he's going to um, really surprise a lot of people, impress a lot of people, revive his draft stock going into next year, which is a weak class. So, yeah, I I think Donovan Edwards is a buy low at this point. Um, like I, I, I was – early in the season I was saying sell him because he was just – had still had the name brand value but was doing nothing. 
And now I think the pendulum has swung so far and his value has gotten so low that he's become a buy again, especially since I think he is going to come back next year. Yeah, he, he'd be a great a great person to go after if if you're a, a rebuilding team and you've got some you know some win now asset that really doesn't maybe help for for future seasons like let's say let's say you're sitting on Zach Moss right and all of a sudden now he has value because Jonathan Taylor's hurt mm-hmm. but you're not winning you, you should be trading Zach Moss right now it, it absolutely and it, you know maybe you can get a Donovan Edwards for him I mean if I'm if I'm a win now team I'd probably give up Donovan Edwards to get Zach Moss for two or three weeks if, if I felt they needed yeah, it. Zach Moss is going to be a league winner. Yeah, so so that's the kind of thing you should be you know looking for. So you know, kind of a two for one special here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get get Donovan Edwards for really cheap, and if you have Zach Moss and you don't need him, trade, 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 trade. <laughs> Now's your chance. So, yep. All right, that is going to do it, folks. We are out of time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app that you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. We will be back next week. Enjoy another weekend of football. For Matt, I'm Skip. Take care, everyone.